Welcome to Tips from the Server Room. This podcast is designed for all you systems admins, network specialists, or the guys and gals out there in the office who handles it all. Sit back, relax, grab a beverage, and enjoy Tips from the Server Room. Hey, yes, welcome back once again to Tips from the Server Room. This is episode number 125 for March the 10th, 2018. I'm your host, Jack, and we'll be guiding you into, through, and back out of the worlds of systems administration, network administration, and all fields of IT. If you have a chance, please check out my website, and that is tipsfromtheserverroom.com, where you can comment on these shows. If you have any questions or ideas for future shows, please email me at jackstechcorner at gmail.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter, and that is at Technoman. First, let me say thanks to everybody out there for subscribing, downloading to the shows, and watching the YouTube videos. The YouTube videos can be found at 42Technoman. <clears throat> That's number four, the number two, Tech. T-E-C-H-N-O-M-A-N. And obviously I came up with that uh, name many, many years ago. I started that YouTube channel back in 2008. Um, and you also find Photoshop video tutorials on there. That's kind of where I uh, started, I guess you would say, at making YouTube videos. So there's a lot of Photoshop element stuff on there, Lightroom, and now our tips from the server room. And the reason I put them there, quite obviously, is because it has a very, very uh, great reach with over 20,000 subscribers. And uh, so, you know, you want to be able to reach out there in YouTube. And it's hard to build a new channel these days. Um, I often find with YouTube, uh, when you're trying to build that new channel and get the audience to, uh, to follow you to a new channel and to uh, get that channel to become, you know, even... Um, even a little popular, it's really hard to do. So I uh, just started putting these on there, and there's a playlist. So you can actually filter out tips from the server room if you just want to go back and watch the other uh, episodes there uh, or listen to them on any uh, pod-catching software. Uh, these shows are also – you can use my feed um, on my uh, site, tipsfromtheserverroom.com, or – you can go over to iTunes, and it has been on iTunes for quite some time, so uh, there's most of the episodes there. So today I thought we would go back. Last week we talked to you a little bit about uh, the client that I was working with. Uh, I had a client computer in shop here. And, uh, you know, dealing with client computers and trying to keep their cost down as much as possible is always something that you have to look at, I think. I think that's uh, something that we need to look at, even if you work in industry. And a lot of you know that I've been working in education now for at least the past 20 years, I guess. I guess I'm about 20 years, uh, I would say, in education. Um, you know, So when I work there, I have to be very, very um, – you know, I have to understand the budgeting process, and I have to understand how to save money for the school districts. That's very important. But you have to watch when you're in business and when you're doing any type of business, either consulting work or 
something to the point of uh, the consulting, <laughs> the consulting work, or if you're working for a company. So when you're working on personal computers, you know, I guess there's a fine line. Uh, if you're not charging, and today we're going to be talking about a, a couple antivirus programs I found uh, last week when I was working on the client's computer. Um, you have to have a fine line because if you're running a business, uh, you may want that back-end support for a really good antivirus program and pay a company or get with the company and be a reseller for that company. I think those are both very key elements. Working for industry or schools, it's not really a good idea. I would even say it's probably not even ethical to load up free antivirus on every computer on your network. Because, you know, these companies that make this software have to make money, folks, just like when we have to buy Microsoft Office or you have to buy Adobe products. Those companies have to make money. So if you try to uh, load up free software and years, years ago, I worked for a company and they were into trying to get like wares, like trying to download like cracked versions of software. Now, think about that somewhere. Put that in the back of your mind. Would you really want a cracked version? You don't know who cracked it of an antivirus software. And then next thing you know, your machine becomes a bot on, on the Internet. And somebody can use your machine because they put some malicious code in there. Not a very good idea. Um, and not to say that all the free antiviruses would do that, of course. But you don't want – definitely don't ever use anywheres. I'm big against that. Um, even if you're using a demo, most companies give you a trial version of their software. So use the trial version and work with that and then you know see if you like it and if you do. Purchase the software if you're in business or industry or education. With that said, I played with a couple different programs. Now, the program that he had on his computer, I probably put it on there. I would guess um, probably the last time I seen that client computer probably was anywhere from three to five years ago. And I remember putting Avast on there, and he said, oh, he said, you know, Jack, we always kept the Avast updated. And we always, you know, kept it going and, and everything. But they never downloaded a new version. You know, they would just update basically the virus definitions and put those on to, um, you know, update the computer, which is fine because it was running and it was protecting it, I guess. Uh, but I did find a lot of issues with it. Uh, that's why it was running so slowly. So I thought, well, first I'm going to do a Google search because there has to be new free antivirus software software that I don't know about that I've never used. So, you know, I looked at like the top 10 and I picked out two that I played with. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about those two and tell you uh, the downside of what happened with those. The first one I tried, which looked really promising, it had the highest rating. And I think I was reading CNET. Uh, maybe I was reading CNET about the top 10 free antivirus programs. Well, the first one was called Total AV. Now, Total AV looked really promising. When I installed it, it looked extremely good. It looked like it was going to do a great job for me. But why would a company, and I know the answer to this, I guess, but I'm just throwing it out there to you like a hypothetical question. Why would a company give you a free version of their software and they want you to learn how to use it and, you know, use it and everything with so many pop-ups? I mean, this software had a pop-up every, like, 30 seconds. I swear there was a pop-up coming up on the screen. Um, and 
you know, over time you rebooted the computer and then I had more screens popping up trying to force me to buy the product. It was just totally annoying. I could not give that computer back to that client and have them dealing with those pop-ups because now you're going against the very thing that I tell everybody in this industry. Always leave it better than when you found it. So any situation you walk into as either a consultant, a technology director, technology manager, or you know that uh, the desktop technician, uh, just think of the desktop. De just think of the desktop technician uh, that that gets that that computer in. I know our desktop technician that works with us. She gets a computer in. Just think if uh, it was coming in because of something that she deals with a lot. Um, Let's say she gets a keyboard that's not functioning properly. So she replaces the keyboard, gives it back to the end user, and now all of a sudden the screen doesn't get bright and the trackpad doesn't work. She obviously didn't leave it better than she found it. See, and that never happens with her. She's very good. But I'm just putting it out there to you. And the same works for you if you go into a client's business. And, and I do this a lot of times. I go into a client's business and... You know, you work with somebody like if you're working in a small office and they asked you to do something like we're going to upgrade our Internet to a faster Internet service. But when you leave, you did something to the router or something to a default route. Something happened. And the next thing you know, they give you a call that says, hey, we got a faster Internet, but everything's running slower. Then you didn't leave it better than you found it. So always leave it better than you found it. Well, this total AV was not leaving me anything better than what the AVAS was that was already on it. So I uninstalled the Total AV and took it off of the system. I said, well, that was enough. I didn't want to deal with all those stupid pop-ups. So Total AV, if you're listening or if you know anybody, uh, folks that, that has any contacts with Total AV, tell them, get rid of the pop-ups. It, it looks like a really good program, but the free version is very uh, much crapware. Now let's talk about Bitdefender. So Bitdefender, I've heard a few people talk about this on their podcast, and I thought, well, I'm going to give Bitdefender a try. So, and I guess if I had a Windows 10 computer or even a Windows 7 computer, it probably would have been fine. But to be honest with you, I was working with a Windows Vista machine. Because if you do this as a business, uh, not so much in our school. In our school, we talked about before that we get software at a very discounted rate from Microsoft. So we always stay with the latest, greatest software. And that's great for us because, you know, we know that we're always on the latest, greatest. We know how to control it, how to work with it, and it works out fine for us. But if you work with any home users and maybe even some offices, you may still find some installations of Windows XP or Windows Vista. Well, I have to be working on a Windows Vista machine. And Bitdefender said, look, I read all their help files and said, look, we will work on a Windows uh, Vista machine. But there were just a ton of hoops to get it installed. Uh, this is stuff like changing registry keys. And there was just a ton of information in there that I thought, I am not going to dig this deep on this. Uh, most of my home repairs, uh, pretty much, and you kind of have to judge this because a home user that bought a computer well, let's see. They probably bought this computer at least 10 years ago. And let's say, 10, I don't know, whenever Windows Vista was out. But they, they purchased this computer new from Dell. And the thing about it, when they asked you how much is it going to cost to repair it, 
you can't say, well, I'm going to take my hourly rate, whatever you charge per hour, and take that and times that by 10 hours to play around with that computer. You're not going to keep that client very happy. So I base everything – I try to base everything on one hour of work with the client computer. If you're just basically cleaning it up, uh, you're getting it all cleaned up, you're making sure a new antivirus is on it. Uh, you know, I put the malware bytes on there to make sure that it was going to be clean and free of adware and spyware. That's the stuff and that's the trick that you have to have on there, right? But you don't want to take and take – Tell them you're going to charge them an hour, and then when they come back, say, oh, wait, well, it was six hours. Uh, I spent six hours. You can almost buy another desktop for that price. So why would you want to do that with your client? So I decided to drop that. I decided that, hey, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to drop it and not even worry about that. So then I went back to my old faithful, my old trusty Avast. And years ago, I used to use AVG. And I don't know if it's any better today, but AVG used to have this little pop-up. Do you want to upgrade your virus definitions? Why they had to put that pop-up there and you have to click OK? Now, that's what it was years ago. I don't know now, uh, but I know Avast works. Their free edition is absolutely free, and it does keep the computer free of viruses. It upgrades and updates the definitions on its own in the background. So it works out very, very well. And that is the program that I decided to stick with, with, with Stick with was the Avast. But I think in any business, and I think next week we'll talk a little bit more about my experiences with um, antivirus software in, in, a, in a domain type system, right? So you have a domain controller, and we'll talk a little bit about the antivirus software that you know, you're going to use and control from one place. I think that's really key, but we'll talk about that next week. I'm going to save that uh, that discussion. So this week it's basically for you know the, the one-off computer you have and being able to put this software on there. Be very client be, be very client. Be very careful with your clients out there. Say you work for a, a doctor's office, which I've had a few of those I've I've worked with. And the doctor's office says, look, I use this free Avast on my home computer. Uh, it works pretty well. Can you put that on all the office computers? Do your very, very best. Again, remember, the companies have to make money. Do your very best to make sure they understand the difference between a free home edition and client computers, right? There's a big difference there, and you want to support If something happens to that computer in an office space, you want to be able to pick up that phone, call support, and get some help for yourself. I think that's very, very important. And again, we'll talk more about companies, businesses, and what I've been through uh, next week in that show. So maybe you want to tune in and stay subscribed for that. The next thing we're going to talk about here is something that we use a lot at the school and something that's very important uh, to me, and that is... Remote access uh, for your users' computers. Now, even though I work in a school, and there's many schools out there. I have a lot of buddies that work in schools as technology administrators that their schools are maybe over, wow, it could be over 100, you know, not 100. Let's say it's over 75 miles in a radius that they'd have to drive to get to each school. They may not want to go out there to that school district to, to do some a function, maybe uh, – 
reinstall a printer on somebody's computer or something. There's a lot of stuff that we know as technologists we can do remotely. Even though our school is all on one campus, so, I mean, I could pretty much throw a stone from the high school and hit the elementary school. Uh, the walk is about five minutes. But sometimes when you're sitting at your desk and you're working on servers and you get that call, that, that frantic phone calls, oh, my, I just, I just misplaced a file or something on my computer. Can you, can you come over and take a look at it? I don't have to leave anymore what I'm doing. I have, you know, I have three screens at work. I can open up the uh, another screen, jump on my remote software. We'll talk about which one we're using it in a moment. And I could jump on their computer in about five seconds. While I'm on the phone, they can see what I'm doing, and I can work on it and show them where that file may be or whatever they need. That is the beauty of remote software. We're going to talk about some more great uh, uses for remote software. The one we found that has the biggest drawback of any is the free one from Microsoft, right? The RDP, or Remote Desktop Protocol. And the reason that it has its largest drawback is very simply because what happens with RDP is, and you know if you used it, when you take over that machine, you log into it as you, now you can't experience what the user is going through. Um, because you're logging in and you're taking over that desktop. You don't want to do that when you're doing remote support. It works okay if I'm working on a server and I RDP because nobody's on that server. I can log on. I could do things with it if I'm not using the remote desktop tools. And uh, we'll talk about that one week. I think that's going to be a great uh, topic for a show sometime. But to be able to remote onto that computer when the user is active, that is super critical. So what we're going to talk about today is what, what I use. I'm going to talk about some other solutions out there. And we're also, if you're watching the video of this, I'm also going to show you the websites, or I'll tell you the websites. And you can look yourself if you're listening to the podcast. That's absolutely fine. But we're going to look at some different pricing structures. And this software is not cheap. So you have to take the software and you're going to have to weigh it against um, you know, what do they call that? The TCO, <clears throat> the total cost of ownership, just like any software you buy. How much does it cost? How much are you going to get in return for that software? And for us, for technologists, we don't make companies money. So unless you work for Dell or Google or you're designing something, a new app for, you know, Apple and, okay, you make money for the company. But ordinarily, technologists that fix things, that repair things, that build networks, that we are the people that spend the money. That's just the nature of our business. And I've told schools this over the years. It's not my job to, you know, it's my job to try to save you money, just like I tell a client. But I also have to guide you in the right direction. And just the, the, the sheer nature of our business, <clears throat> we are the people that spend the money. Uh, we don't we don't bring money into it to anywhere. So okay, let's talk about these a little bit. So if you are watching this video, we're going to shrink me down right now, down here into the corner. And the first program we're working with here that we use right now in the school district that I found kind of I don't even know how I ran across this program to be honest with you, but I found it. It is called Dameware. That's D A. M-E-W-A-R-E dot com, Dameware. 
Now, I truly like Daneware because of, you know, the functionality of it. It's very easy to use on our network. It was very cost efficient or cost effective for us to buy it. Uh, it didn't, you know, it didn't come with a whole lot of. Um, the, the thing that I, I dislike the most about remote software is you have to be careful. Is when you start paying per node or per client. So whenever you're setting up, you know, uh, uh, and you're going to remote into a computer, you, you know, if you only have five machines on a network, that's not that bad to buy five remote, you know, if you're using a remote piece of software. But if you're like us in education, we have thousands and thousands of computers on the network. It's not cost effective for me to spend $14.95 per computer so I can remote into it. It's just not cost effective. So I found this program called Dameware. Now the one we happen to be using is, we're looking at the screen here, let me bring up the secondary product. We are using this one called Dameware Remote Control. Now, if you see on here under Daneware Remote Control, uh, I'll tell you if you're listening to the podcast, it costs $259 per technician. There's no monthly fees, so there's not a monthly fee ever to use this software. And it's unlimited end-user devices. So unlimited devices, which is, that's what I'm talking about. It had everything in there that I really needed to have. Now, the next thing I wanted to see was uh, the pricing structure of this mini remote. Now, we have three technicians. So you can see that if you pay for three technicians, one technician is $259, period. That was another thing. Is this a yearly fee, a monthly fee? They told me it's a one-time fee. That's it. So that's, that's great. That's what I was looking for. Two to three technicians, so we can have this, install this on our computers, we spent $250 per technician, so we spent $750 to buy this software. But again, that's a one-time fee. So it was very cost-effective for us to buy the software and to have it on there. And again, folks, none of these companies are, are paying anything to this show. I'm not advertising. I just like to share what I'm using and tell you that it's working. And then I'm going to give you a couple other uh, options you know, so you can look at them, download the trial version, see what works for you. It's, you know, that's just the way I like to do things. I like to share what works with me. Now, if you're one user, if you're a sole shop or you're a sole uh, technologist, which, which I was for years and years, if you're a sole technologist, it's $259 for one, one technician. And read down here at the bottom, make sure you know that each technician can license this and install it onto three computers when deployed in standalone mode. So you can put it on your laptop on your desktop, and maybe one other computer, whatever one you may be using. Now, the one thing I was looking at here is if you're a remote tech. So if you're somebody that su supports uh, users and remote onto their computers, this particular program will only work if you have VPN access into their network, which I know a lot of you do. But they have a program where we don't have to VPN in, and it is called Remote Support. Now, remote support costs you a little bit more, but that total bang for your buck and what they show in here, and I do suggest that you go to dameware.com and look at some of their videos to see how it works and how interesting it really is. 
we do not have remote support software package because we don't we don't have to worry about supporting people outside of our networks at this time. Uh, we do have a lot of cyber students now that we may be supporting at one time or another. I don't know. But this one works by installing a, I was reading a little bit about it, installing a proxy client on their computer so you can get to their computer through your firewalls. So it would just be like working uh, with, you know, so many other remote softwares out there. But it does have, I thought was neat, was all the server features are built in. So if you remotely support servers, this might be something you want to look at. Again, it's only $365 per tech, no monthly fees, and it's unlimited end devices. So that is a really good price, $365. Again, download the trial version. See how it works out for you. And uh, if you don't like it, don't buy it. That's simple as that. Now, another program that we used to use that I truly love, and I think I, you know, I still use it today, and I use this to support family members, and that is Team Viewer. Now, Team Viewer has been around for a while. They just came out with version 13. I haven't really played with it. But I did some work with my son the other night, and using Team Viewer, I was working with him, and it's funny because even though we use these programs so much, there's parts of the programs that I never used. And what I mean by that is there's features in TeamViewer that I never really – I used it to remote onto a computer to fix it, and I would jump back off the machine. Well, the other night, my son was asking me – he does a lot of stuff on Twitch. He's been playing these games on Twitch. Uh, this is my adult son, and that's where you find a lot of people on Twitch, a lot of adult people playing games and streaming them. Well, he wanted me to work on a game overlay for him for Twitch, for the game he was playing. And I was building the overlays and saving them, and I was emailing them, and he was going into his email and downloading them. And I thought, wait a minute. Now, I seen on the team viewer, you know, the little menu thing that came up, I seen there was a file transfer unit. So I was able to just grab that file and drop it on there, and I said, hey. I said, hey, Zach, look at your file transfer. It's right on there. And he's like, oh, that's cool. And he just hit save and saved it and put it on his game. And then after a while, I thought, man, I really need to talk to him now. And, you know, he's talking through his headset on uh, his Xbox. But I knew his laptop, he was streaming through his laptop. And I thought, well, that's cool. I can probably, he'll probably hear me out of the speakers of the laptop. So in Team Viewer, there is basically, well, not basically, there is a built-in live talk feature. So we can actually talk just like you would on Skype. And it worked flawlessly. Uh, these are two features I never used in Team Viewer. I was totally impressed by how great it worked and the ease of being able to do all that stuff. Now, let's tell you the downside of TeamViewer. Uh, TeamViewer, again, is free uh, for non-commercial users. But if you're listening to this podcast, you may, in fact, be a commercial user. Even if, um, you know, we used to use this a lot for, uh, for if I was at home and I wanted to remote onto our servers in the office. I used to use this a lot. So we did have at one time a paid version. We also, well, we, uh, our company had a paid version of Log Me In because remember Log Me In a few years ago got rid of the free model because that's all everybody was using. And now you have to pay for it. So Log Me In is no longer free and it's not even in my discussion on this particular podcast. But Team Viewer is at teamviewer.us. And it looks like you might even be able to go to teamviewer.com because it looks like the product is throughout the world. 
But what got me this morning when I started looking at pricing was a business license, unlimited endpoints. So again, that's good. They're not charging you for any endpoints. It's $49, and it says price per month, billed annually. All right, so we are going to bring up my calculator just to take a quick look at this, unless you're doing the math faster than I am. Uh, $49 times by a year. Let's see what we get here. So it's $588 to use this software. And, you know, in my opinion, it works absolutely great. It's a good product. Uh, there's some downsides, and I think, let me see here for a minute. I think, um, let me see. Uh, I know it does. I know it does because we've used it that way before. There is like basically an unattended uh, type install where you can put it on a workstation, you put it on a server, and it will come up in the list. So, so you can do it that way, and like I said, it works fine. But five hundred and eighty-eight dollars when you got an up-and-coming company or or a not even up-and-coming uh, Dameware has been around forever for three sixty-five per tech, no unlimited endpoint and no monthly fees. So do we really want to pay five hundred and eighty-eight dollars? And look at these: the premium license, unlimited endpoints, is ninety-nine dollars per month, billed annually. And for teams, so if you have a team, a corporate license is one ninety-nine. Um, per month, and I oh, okay three concurrent users. So I would if you take at ninety nine, I guess that's well you're you're paying for basically two, and you're getting three. So I guess that's fair. And what they did here, they kind of crippled the software based on what you're paying. Uh, multiple concurrent connections, you know, mass deployment. You can't do that with the cheaper versions. So that's something to think about. But if you like TeamViewer, then use it. Now, one of the uh, podcasts I listen to, as many of you know, is uh, Mike Smith at the Mike Tech Show. And he always uh, talks about um, Instant House Call. Now, I've personally never used Instant House Call. He raves about it and says it's absolutely great. And that's wonderful. What I did notice about this is they're charging, um, in, they're charging based on the number of nodes that you're controlling. Because if we pay $29 a month, and that's price per tech billed annually, so they're going to take 29 times 12. Again, not bad, because if we look at this, okay, so if we look at 29, $29, and we times that by 12 months, you're looking at $348. Now we're back. Uh, we're actually under the price of Dameware. So, okay, that, that's pretty fair. That's a good price. Unlimited on-demand, and I haven't used this, 50 unattended. So they're only allowing you to uh, log into 50 machines that's not uh, attended. So that means that putting it on servers and stuff and having 50 computers come up that you can log into and fix if nobody's on that other side is what, what I'm reading that as. One session at a time, which unless you're some kind of a super tech, it's hard to work on more than one thing at a time. I'm sure you could. Uh, if you're cleaning a computer, I'm sure you can log on to something else and do something, but that's fair. And co-branding, which means you can put your own name on the software. The next one they talk about is $41 a month. Again, this is price per tech, built annually. 
$49 if you want to do it month to month. Just like this one's 29 but it's 39 month to month. So if you want it, they're charging you $10 uh, for the privilege of you paying every month. They're charging you $10 more. Uh, unlimited on demand. Again, only 100 unattended. Five concurrent sessions, which is nice. I like this part down here. This is something that the other ones do not have, folks. Hundreds of automatic diagnostics and repair tools. That's something that the other two companies that I showed you do not have. So that is a leg up, and, and kudos to Instant House Call for doing that. That is really cool. And remote printing. The next one is uh, Max Productivity for the uh, MSPs. $75 a month or $89 a month built monthly. Unlimited on-demand, but they still only have 400 unattended. I think this needs to be unlimited unattended, right? What would it hurt to have unlimited unattended? You're paying $75 a month. That's pretty premium. I mean, you know, so you're you're getting the best of the best, you know? So $75 a month times 12, we're looking at $900 a year. Now, granted, when you're doing remote support, when you're doing remote uh, work for people, I mean, you can build some of this back into your price. You know, um, you can usually spin that off as being, you know, it's more of an instant response. Uh, if you buy this package and maybe charge your user, you know, a $10 fee a month or something to be able to have this on their computer so you can access it. You can spin it off that way, I guess. And there's ways you can do that. But again, it should be un. un should be unlimited, unattended. Ten concurrent sessions. So if you have ten monitors, you can have ten. Or you know, I imagine you have ten tilled windows in your screen. Deep branding, which means every part of the program is going to look like you own it for your computer company. Hundreds of automatic diagnostic and repair tools, remote printing, on-site hardware assist. I don't know what any of that is. Auto install via RMM GPO. So you can do a GPO or a group policy object and push that out. This is cool. Pager and SMS notification. So that's something different. And I like this, and Mike talked a lot about this, sub-accounts for your customers. So basically, you can give them remote access to their computer, and they can't see the rest of your computers that you have remote access to. Uh, that way, they don't have to buy TeamViewer or log me in or anything because you're supplying that. Again, that's a nice spinoff because that's something you can charge that client for. If you're paying $75 monthly, maybe you spend that off per customer, and you could spend it off the 20 bucks a month and help you knock some of that bill off of your own payment to Instant House Call. So those are the three uh, that I picked out to talk about today. Uh, Instant House Call, TeamViewer, and again, the one we are using is Dameware. I do suggest that you download all these and uh, try them out and uh, see what features you need, what you really like. And I think that would be really uh, the best way to start looking at remote saw if you're not using anything already. If you are and it's something that I haven't named, I mean, email the show here and let me know. Uh, let me know what you think about it. I would really like to put some stuff out there to other folks and uh, tell them what you're thinking about. All right, so let's go back up here. Back to full screen me. Let's bring this back over so I can read some of my notes. All right. So we talked about all the programs. I had that. That's funny. I talked about those and didn't even have to look at my notes. <laughs> um, 
And again, remember the one thing that I tell my folks at work is the remote software we have or the remote software you whatever the version or kind or brand you use is great, but there's nothing better than face-to-face with your clients. Uh, if you can get in, sit, talk to your clients, know your clients. Um, now, our clients are a little different uh, in a school-type setting because we're there every day with them. And the clients we have are students, teachers, um, maintenance workers, administrative people, kitchen people. So we have all these different types of, of clients. And like I tell my workers, when you go into a room, don't ever go in there and start off by saying, okay, what's wrong with your computer? No, that is not how we approach this. I go in and say, hey, Sally, so how is your uh, son, daughter, whatever, uh, whatever you know about them? Uh, so how are they doing in school this year? Are they doing okay? Everything working out? Hey, how's that car been running? You know, you bought that new car. Do you like it? You know, is everything good with that new car? Um, you know, whatever it is, if you walk in and say, hey, you know, those... Those are really nice. Are those new shoes you got there? Wow, where'd you get those shoes at? Those are really nice looking. Something to make you more personable, right? You want to be a person to this person first. Uh, don't ever walk in there as the, I call it the Mad Hatter computer hacker, right? All you want to do is, what's wrong with your computer? Give me that mouse. I'll fix it right now. Click, click, click. You know, and people start doing that. And it's it drives me out. It's crazy. I used to have so many interns that I used to say they'd be great data workers in a back room somewhere as long as nobody had to see them uh, because they they weren't normal humans. Uh, Be human first with your clients. I think that's what I'm trying to tell you. You know, and I'll have people now stop me in the hallway just to say good morning or hi or Jack, you know, um, uh, maybe how your car, I bought a new, you know, I bought another car uh, this past summer. And they'll say, hey, how's that car been running, Jack? Or how's your daughter doing? They know me as a person, and I think you can build that. You can build that rapport even if you have clients that you only see once in a while. You know, learn about the person first, then deal with their problems. The reason I tell you to do that, and and the, honestly, the reason I do it, and and I told our superintendent because she said that I was the most uh, sociable person that they ever had working for them in the technology realm, and being able to go out and talk to people and People put that back up. It goes right back up the management chain uh, so they know that you know, you're know you doing a good job for their people because their people are raving about who you are, not just about what you do. Right? I think that's very important. But what I found, though, is if you learn more about getting depth with the person and they know you and you kind of know something about them, right? You don't have to know everything. We don't have to know their, you know, uh, what brand of socks they buy or what size underwear they wear. We don't need to know that deep of stuff about somebody. But then when they have a problem, they don't escalate it up the chain. Like if they put in a help desk ticket with us, with our department, they know that we're going to be over there, you know, uh, anywhere within that day to the next day you know we did we were having before we got uh a little bit over uh, uh i don't know what it what to call it. i guess so many people learned after a year and a half that we've been there that that we respond to things in such a way that um you know they used to get a lot of uh, hype i guess about people like why'd you put that ticket in that wasn't necessary you could have done that yourself we don't do that so our ticket count has went up a little bit because people want us uh, they they want us to know more about what's wrong, which is important. 
But what happens is I notice if you really know somebody and you really dig down and you get to know that person, they don't escalate it quite as fast as what people that you just go in and it's like, what's wrong with your computer? You know, they don't like you as a person. So if they call you and you're not there in 15 minutes, you know, the Pope knows about it. The president knows about it. Uh, you know, they're calling everybody. They're calling the newspaper. They're doing a press release that you're an idiot. So be yourself and be personable. So that's the face-to-face with clients. Sorry I got on a little tangent with that. I have to say today, and I'm going to give this shout-out, a special thanks to Mike Smith from the Mike Tech Show at MikeNation. I think it's MikeNation.net. About his great tips from the voicemail that I sent him last week. When he posts that show, go back and listen to that show. Uh, I sent him a voicemail uh, because I've been working on some ideas here uh, for, for the near future of gaining more outside clients uh, on the nights and the weekends. And if you know, Mike started his, his consulting business when he was working full time on the night, you know, in the evenings and on the weekends. So I sent him and asked him that question. Um, but Mike, um, let's see here. Uh, so I sent him that. Working for someone uh, in IT is great, and I have been doing this for years. Why did I write that? I don't know. Um, but again, I want to say uh, very much thank you to Mike for supplying with all these great, uh, the great knowledge he gave us, uh, supplying, um, you know, us with, the, with with a deep understanding of how he got started. Uh, some of the the regulations or some of the um, the not certifications you need, but stuff we need to know to run our businesses. Mike Greg, Mike gave great information, um, and for all of us to be able to maybe do some work on the side or more work and increase our incomes. Once again, thank you, Mike. I truly do appreciate all your efforts. Please remember, once again, folks, to use that Amazon link. That Amazon link helps to buy some different uh, items needed for the show. Uh, whatever I make on Amazon, I put it in a separate account, and I mark that for uh, tips you know, from the server room. And we have that there so we can use that when we need it to buy stuff like uh, it could be anything. A new computer, more hard drive space, uh, because doing the video now, I like to retain all the video and keep that stuff. So that is something that uh, we use that for. So if you buy anything from Amazon, go to tipsfromtheserverroom.com, deactivate your ad blocker, and make sure that you use the link to make your purchase. Also, I told you before, and I'm not super hyped up on it, and I don't make it a big deal, but we do have a Patreon page just because I think every other podcaster in America has a Patreon page. I'm pretty sure. So if you go to patreon.com slash Corner. You know, you put a thousand dollars in there a month, or five thousand dollars in there a month, or 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 a dollar a month. I'm just kidding. You can just put in there whatever. You can even do a one-time donation. So, just a nice place to go again, just to help out a little bit with the show, to show that we are, you know, doing a good job. But I think the main reason I started this years ago was to pay it forward. Um, I had a, and I'll just give you one little backstory here, real quick, before I sign off is. Um, one of my cousins years ago called me and said, you know, how do you know everything there is to know about computers? I said, well, first let's back up. I don't know everything there is to know about computers and you never could because it's growing so fast that we can't know everything. You have to keep pace with it, but you know, you can't know everything. And 
it, it was funny to me because you can't and you're not going to know all of it. I think that's what I was trying to bring up here. So it's something that you have to stay with, keep learning it, and keep doing it. That's why I started doing this because what I do know and what I do learn, I want to pay it forward to you folks out there. Maybe help you get through something that you're stuck on or something you don't understand. I want to be able to share whatever knowledge I have, and you can share it back with me. If I pose a question, because there's a lot of times I need help with stuff that I'm sure you out there work through the issues already. Folks, thank you so much for listening to, downloading, and subscribing to Tips from the Server Room. Again, if you have not watched any of the videos, go over to 4.2 Technoman on YouTube. And uh, like I said, I create a playlist. Go in there, watch the playlist, or just pick out individual ones either way and uh, watch those on YouTube. Uh, don't please don't watch them on YouTube if you're driving in the car because that could be very disastrous as I'm sure you're aware. All right, thank you so much and I will see you back here next week on Tips from the Server Room. Bye for now. You just listened to Tips from the Server Room with your host Jack. If you have any questions, please drop me a comment at tipsfromtheserverroom.com. Thanks again for tuning in and downloading the shows. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the remainder of the music. We'll see you next week on Tips from the Server Room. So long. <laughs>